Hi there, and welcome to Startup Fodder. My name is Brad, and I'm here with my co-host Ben. We're co-workers at a fintech startup here in London. Being immersed in the world of startup, we've met some incredible people. Some of them are founders, but many of them aren't. And we realized those non-founders, those people who were like us, had stories we really wanted to hear. They had opinions that we really valued, and tips and tricks that we'd really come to rely on. So we started this podcast. Every two weeks, we're going to release a new episode where we chat with a non-founder in a startup. We'll explore a little of their journey in startup and what they've learned. Without any further ado, let's get into episode one. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brad, here with my co-host Ben. G'day. And we're here for episode one with Conair Scannell, who's a product designer at Superbeing Labs. Hello. Glad to have you here. Thanks, man. next big part is, like, give us the brief intro to you, right? Give us Conair 101. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, Start us out at education. Like, what what did you study? Like, what did you enjoy? Through high school, university, like, what was your sort of background there? Okay, so in secondary school, um, <laughs> I, I really, really wanted to study art. And I did an art GCSE, but my teacher told me that... Um, Basically, don't follow a career, any career in design. Don't go into design because you're going to get a really, really shit grade, basically. Um, I'm effectively going to foul you on this. And I don't want you in my class very level. I don't want you, in my, I don't want you to go to university and study. Did they take you aside to yeah. tell you this? Like, basically, what is this? I'm, I'm, I mean, I've got proof. My mum was there and everything. Like She properly taught. Wait, your mum was there and, and the art teacher was like, oh, Conair, you're shit at this. Yeah. Don't pursue this. I had to take a step back because it was like an open evening for the sixth form. And my mum and her were having quite heated but quite you know quiet and reserved adult words. And I was just like, I'm so embarrassed. I had to walk away from it. But basically, the oh, teacher man. shot my dreams down. Um, she sounds like a great teacher. She was a great teacher. Yeah, she's fantastic. I saw her the other day in the pub and I told her that I was a designer. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. she, she did not remember me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. That teacher is absolutely yeah, trash, right? Not only have they done the opposite of their job. what they should be doing. They should be encouraging Like, they didn't even care time. about you. That's to be fair, I was awful. My, I just wanted to make clay and then smash it to pieces with high, high uh, what's the word? High speed cameras. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that, pretty that's cool. My project. That yeah, cool. I know. She was like, I'm not having none of this. Yeah. This is terrible. The second part of that makes it sound way cooler than yeah. the first part. Like, I was horrible. I just wanted to smash away. I was like, no wonder <laughs> she didn't want to. <laughs> They're, to I, I They're two very out. different people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a roller coaster. But I don't know. I've always wanted to go. I wanted to go into architecture from a young age um, because I got pissed off with how lifts work. <laughs> yeah. Can you elaborate? Um, I got pissed off with like really poor signage in lifts, really poor buttons in lifts. How they weren't, ex- how lifts are supposed to be accessible for people that have accessibility issues, and yet they're some of the hardest things to use. You might have buttons that are like five feet in the air, which someone at the wheelchair couldn't use. But how did you that recognize thing? that as someone who's very know, much not just, in a wheelchair? Well, I, or like, and was also about nine years old. I have no idea. I just, yeah, I looked like at it and I thought this is a big problem. Like. It blew, blew my mind then, and it still does that these things happen. That's a pretty profound insight to have as a kid. Yeah, you didn't get any better from there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really wanted to get into architecture, and this teacher shot me down. And also, I didn't like the idea of studying for eight years and coming out of university at the age of like twenty-six. I followed. A, I went to do physics, and I did physics and media and English language. And the English language and media combination really kind of made me want to do more in terms of copy, and it got me back into into design because it kind of. Wait, it, let, let me stop you. Wait, yeah. so so you went from architecture and then yeah because this naturally you went to physics well, this teacher shot me down so i thought can i get into into architecture through the uh like surveyed a surveyor kind of route can i can i still be in that kind of sphere study less but have a similar job where i'm like a surveyor or like a child engineer or something um and then i realized that i had no passion whatsoever for physics and 
the media side of it and the English side of it just flared that up in me again and I wanted to get back into design. So I went to university and studied computer science because obviously that's, that's the logical <laughs> step if you realise you hate anything logical is to go and do that. And while I was there, I dropped out and founded my own company um, where, again, I kind of ignited the, the design thing. What was the company doing? Like, what was the premise? Uh, it's a bit long-winded, but we were using or planned to use machine learning to help students, A-level students, find better university courses that were suited to them, whether that was through, like, learning stimuli. So if we could record, basically, how they responded to certain things like videos or text or audio or anything like that, and also the type of course content. Um, and that went really well, and then we ran out of money, and I went back to university in the third year. How, how is it funded? Uh, angel Investments. Okay. Yeah. And some rich dude who was like 60 and got shot at by Colombians. And Ooh, he sounds yeah, legitimate. Yeah. There are so many stories. <laughs> yeah. that just, he would, he would rock up to the office right at 11 o'clock <laughs> with a bottle of vodka and he'd expect you to drink with him. Wow. He, was, he nearly got us kicked out of our angel investment company because we weren't allowed to have more than like 10 million in liquid cash. And he, he had to buy a house, so he had less than 10 million in liquid cash. He was one of those people. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how to react to no, this. I've exactly. never dealt with situations yeah. like it this was, in my life. It so. was so bizarre. Um, he was our sugar daddy for about a year. How so, did you line that up? Like, how did that even come up? So you're at, you're at university, and was, you're like, I'm doing this thing. She, that... had, she had this connection somehow. I think he did university application help. That was like his little side hustle. He used to be an investment banker, and he just got out of that game in the 80s because he hated it. Um, but yeah, he helped people get into like Cambridge, and I think he mentored her or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And this, this her, what was her situation? Was that a classmate? No, she um, was someone that uh, basically found me and the developer through Google, and we were actually me and the developer were like we're best mates. So she, you and the developer were best mates. Yeah, she found us through Google. She kind of employed us. Okay, and yeah, that's basically what happened. We like semi co-founded the company together. Wow. So, so did you said um, this kind of uh, drunk guy was um, essentially your angel investor? So, why did that stop? Like you said, it lasted for about a year or so. Yeah, Did he, he got, just cut you off. He got bored of giving us money, so we applied for actual investment from Wira, um, yep. from Telefonica, and we got some money from them. And we did basically a year's worth of work on it while also at uni. So kind of our minds were split into two ways, really. We weren't sure what was going on and what the future was for the company. And before we knew, it, we ran out of money. So as as these things happen, that's like the yeah. And then I bumped into my current boss at that office, and the rest is I'm here now. I'm a product designer, I'm loving it having a great time nice would you ever branch out again and do something of your own possibly but I'd have to be in a financially viable suit. I'd need to have like a year's worth of money for myself on top of being able to fund whatever I'm building wait so is that to imply that your strategy would be because I feel like there's this sort of two different schools of thought that I come across online your strategy would be get yourself in a really amazing place financially speaking drop out of employment completely and just focus on the thing 100% from day one because the other, sorry, just yeah, interrupt. Yeah, yeah. But like the other school of thought, like which I see more like prominently, is start it as small as possible as a side hustle, and when it gets to the stage that it can start supply, you know, providing like the majority of your income, then you make the switch. I'm I'm really risk averse. I think what I would do is I'm probably the wrong person to start start to be honest because I'm <laughs> so risk averse. What I'd probably do is, yeah, I'd, I'd have it as like a fledged thing, thing that I start. And it's just a side hustle at work. Um, and if, it, if I, I, I have no ideas in the pipeline, but if it were something that I could build that would eventually bring me money in, I would, if it was enough to tide me over, I'd probably consider leaving. Were it not at that stage, but I knew it was viable, I would probably consider leaving if I could get some kind of angel investment or if I knew I had like a year's worth of runway to carry on building the product. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have that, I think I'd be an idiot to walk out of employment. 
Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea of a guarantee. I like at least a year's worth of plan for whatever I'm doing. Yeah, fair. I mean, before we sort of jump too far in without actually saying like what you're doing, you're working for a company called Super Being Labs. Can you tell us? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you can you tell us a little bit about like what like give us the intro to SBL and what they do? Yeah, um, we use product design and like creative thinking basically to help solve really big problems, which is a really loose way of putting it. But we work with like awesome people like um, Oxfam or Breast Cancer Care or like the NSPCC or even build our own products that basically, as long as we are doing something that makes the world a better place, we're happy. Yeah. So, what term do you guys use? I know it's not like it's not like. Um like social responsibility there's like some term you guys yeah, use maybe like, like, so like social impact social yeah. impact okay anything that's making a good impact socially be it in this country be it across the world wherever it is then yeah that's what we do that's really really cool how do you guys judge that I think a lot of the work comes through Dash anyway because he's like the CEO he's the world's best marketer and the world's best I don't know spokesperson for the company he's really good at what he does um, so it's kind of it's based on that but I think if any of us had a problem with any work we were doing we'd let him know yeah, okay. And we'd have a serious discussion about whether or not we could keep doing yeah. it. But I feel, although that's never happened, I feel like were it to happen, he would absolutely take it seriously and consider dropping something if we weren't happy with it. But I'm confident in that. Yeah, that's great. That sounds like a great work culture. Um, what attracted you to SBL in the first place? Like, what I know you said just before that, like you just by what you by chance met Dash, what in the place you were working in previously? Yeah, he he was um, running a company called uh, State of Ambition, which is a subsidiary of SBL. It's a, it's a company that at the time was putting young people in contact with influential advisors, basically. So if you were like someone saying, I want to, to get into tech, but I don't know how to do it, they'd be in like contact with I don't know, a, a senior developer at Twitter, for example, who would say, these are the steps I took, this is how you could do it, and give you like mentoring, basically. So it's a really cool idea, and I just like the idea, and I like the team. And one day he reached out and he said, do you know anyone that wants to do product design? And I was like, hey, you, my company just, my company just fucking tanked. And I'm, I'm about to finish uni. Give me a job, man. Um, so we had, we had an interview, a little portfolio review. And yeah, that was it. That's cool, man. So there weren't any other like jobs you were looking at at the time? This was kind of just like, bam, golden opportunity. I want this. I was looking at stuff to drop out of university because I, I hated my experience there. Um, yeah, it sounds like you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, tried, I tried to drop out three times. So. <laughs> just sucking me back in. So um, bad at dropping out, yeah. you couldn't even do it. I couldn't even commit to dropping out, man. Um, no, I was looking at other companies just to kind of make the leap out of university, but I, you know, I didn't have as much experience as I do today. That was two and a bit years ago. Yeah. And Dash just took a punt on me, really, which I'm grateful for because that was my stepping stone into this into this career. Um, I was looking at other companies like Pat's Coffee, for example, and they were basically just saying that we think you're great, but you're not experienced enough. Yeah, because at that point I was kind of like a jack of all trades designer. Yeah, I was doing like print work and logo work and stuff like that. But I've refined my skills a bit here. Yeah, I, so, I like to think I have. Yeah, so I mean, like to just really like deep dive into that. I think that like the biggest thing, um, like one of, one of the biggest problems I think as people who like want to get into startups, maybe you didn't have a particular desire to get into startups so much as just you wanted to get out of university and, and get working. Mm. Um, one of these big things like that I keep coming across anecdotally is like oh, like, I want to do this, like, I want to work in tech or I want to work in a startup, but I don't know how to make that transition. And so, like, people have, like, you know, like, your sort of throwaway line of, like, oh, yeah, I met this guy here and just, bam, you know, that, that and then history was made sort of thing. Like, I, I came into working here. Like, if you had to break it down, like, explicitly, what did you do to convince Dash, like, to leverage that opportunity and get this job? Because you're a guy who's not yet graduated university, you're not, you know, as you've sort of self-professed, like, you know, jack of all trades, it wouldn't be hard for Dash to find people of equal or greater skill than you, right? Mm, like, how, how did you, like, make it across that line? 
I think ultimately it does come down to what you just said a minute ago, which is I met this person and we talked about this and now I'm working for them. I think that's what it is. You need to make that connection. You need to be networking. That's literally all it is. Um, I'd say, <clears throat> sorry, to cut in, uh, I'd say like the showing ambition above like what other yeah. people would. So uh, a good example is kind of, uh, you know, actually having having the ambition to reach out at the blue or, or do a bit of design work, or like redesign the website and then reach out and show them those designs designs and like just go a step beyond everyone else and and actually show that you're actually you know interested in whatever project they're working on i feel like goes a long way that a lot of people don't do they just you know send out your resume hope they hear back instead of kind of tailoring whatever they're doing to yeah to the company and i think that goes a long way to especially to show startup founders right and people that work in startups you you want to hire somebody that's going to be doing things off their own back that the you know, that are thinking about solutions while they're having a shower or, yeah. you know, they're not people that want a nine to five job. So I think that goes a long way in like pushing that forward. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it's making that connection. It's kind of showing the willing to work, yeah, above and beyond what, what your station is basically. I think I can do it right. Yeah. How would you go about sort of making more of those opportunities happen? Like as Ben's just said there, <clears throat> there's that sort of that one school of thought of, you know, finding companies that you think are cool and then yeah, you know, example you redesign something on their website, like, and then send that to them as an example. Like, I'm really interested in this. I think this, you know, da da da, launch off a relationship that way. But I guess there's that, you know, there's there's other people who are just like, okay, wow, I'm so overwhelmed. Like, I just, I know I want to make a change. It's like a vague feeling of like, I want to make a change to this area. And you might not necessarily be able to isolate like specific companies of, oh man, I really want to work for them doing this. Yeah. It's kind of more vague. So in terms of like increasing the opportunity of having the sort of encounter you had with Dash like increasing, you know, like the occurrences of, of them happening and, you know, increasing like the quality of the ones that do happen. Like, would you have any tips? I think it's, it's a cliche, but I think it's a cliche because it, it it works. It makes sense. It's it's that networking thing. It's if you know you want to get involved in a sector, but you don't know anyone running anything or anyone working at a company, attend the events. Go to an event that is relevant to you. All you've got to do in it, it might... It might be hard to find a company on Google, but it's no—it's not hard at all to find an event that you can relate to, that you enjoy the topic behind. And if you go to that, you're guaranteed to meet at least one person from a startup or one person from, say, it doesn't just apply to startups. It could be a charity. It could be whatever sector you want to get involved in. You're going to bump into someone there and you might be able to make a connection that they'll at least remember you. And you might be, it could be worth nothing. It could be worth you getting your shoe in the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could, yeah. It, it's just talking to people and just showing a genuine interest in what in what they're doing. Yeah, and I guess you're right. Like it is a little bit of a volume game, right? Like you just sort of you keep going to them because that yeah. If you're persistent and you show that you care, you should be fine. I think. How do you find these events? Like yeah. for instance, like what have you what have you used in the past to find these events? Uh, I think even how do you find them? Like do you enjoy them? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, for me, it's all about. Um, although, although I work in the charity sector a lot, I, I much prefer going to design events because that's more relevant to my job. Obviously, um, yeah, I just I just literally googled one day like events in London for designers or something like that, and I found a few. It depends on, <coughs> excuse me, what your scope is. <coughs> Probably cut that bit. Nah, we'll keep it. <laughs> Do that bit. Yeah. Right. I think it depends on what your scope is. It could be. Um, that you want to go to an event specifically tailored to your job. It could be an event that is tailored to designers. It could be an event that's tailored to whatever. Um, and it's the size of the event as well. It could be something that's like 500 people. It could be something that's 10 people. Um, some, some of the more valuable ones I've been to that are now, they're growing in size, but they started at like 10, 15 people. 
Yeah, it's because of that. It's because it's like you can talk to everyone in that room and you can get the feeling of that room and you can kind of understand if that's the space you want to be in. Or not. Yeah, I guess it's like analogous to startups, right? Like being in this in that, the sort of the small startup being allows you to have much yeah, more yeah. impact. Like you can get much more return than working in the giant company. Sort of exactly. makes sense that it would be analogous to events as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Some of the best ones I go to max out at two hundred people, for example, um, and regularly don't even see that many people turn up. And that's that's so much better because you can make that connection with like fifty people as opposed to just being a, a, a fish in the sea. Yeah, a massive event. Yeah, I think turning up is like eighty percent of the battle. As Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Because I mean, there's so many people that that don't turn up. Like there's people that talk about it, talk about going to events, yeah. and then won't actually go. Even like throw it in your calendar, and then it's yeah. just like, oh no, I'm not going to go to that. Yeah, exactly. When it comes around to the day, you're like, oh, I'd rather go home, or I'd, I'd rather go for a beer. So yeah. I feel like actually turning up, and actually, and not only turning up, the other kind of, I guess, twenty percent is is talking to people, right? And you can turn up and you can stand yeah. in a corner, but like actually forcing yourself to to engage people uh, is the other kind of, I guess, challenge. But yeah. and that's that's like a really fucking hard thing to do. Yeah, like, honestly, yeah. like you and I, Ben, have we've like gone to events before and like when you're that team of two that make things infinitely easier because you've got that power you can just as a as like a twosome i guess go up to a single person and immediately be comfortable and confident engaging them you if you guys are creepy <laughs> and, like, you actually care you're like, like some loner who's like please talk to me yeah. so <laughs> but like yeah. like you guys if you have been to events solo before like what exactly would be i guess strategy is like too intensive a word but like what's do you have like a go-to like opener for like how you would start engaging with someone or like what you would look to i to no, chat not about? really um if, if you if you drink then definitely have a have two beers and then at the same maybe month. three but I, i'd say two and then cap it there for about half an hour see how you feel because you don't want to make an ass of yourself basically. <laughs> <laughs> no i met one of my best friends at an event like that we didn't meet at an event like that Cheers. <laughs> one of my best friends, not my best. Um, yeah, I met one of my best friends at an event like that because I was on my own and it made me... The two options are basically talk to no one and go home, just absorb what's happening in the event but feel quite awkward or get a beer in you and just fucking speak to people. Because if you don't, you, like you said, 8% is turning up and I think if you're not going, you've wasted the value of that event. Yeah. You might have learned something, but you've not spoken to anyone there and you're not going to expand your network. You're not going to expand your school of thought because it's just you absorbing what happened and then going, oh, you can't talk about it to anyone. So I think... Yeah. So like, do does me, that make do sense? Me, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. But like, do me the Con Air opening line. Like, yeah. we're at the event. All right, we're the, I'm standing here. You've got a beer I'm looking hand. weird. I've got two beers. You've got two beers. They're both full. <laughs> like, you're not sure if that's my first round of beers or whatever. You know, I've got a bit of celery in my teeth. Like, I'm standing there in the corner... What are you doing? In the corner. Truth be told, I'd probably ignore you. All right, okay. Now, in the middle of the floor, no celery, one beer. That's nice. Are you just kind of like circling in the middle of the floor on your own? Because I'd probably think cereal killer and avoid you. Okay. Uh, glass of whiskey. Nice. Just finished chatting to someone else, have walked away, and we've sort of caught each other's eye a little bit. Did they walk away from you, or did you walk away from Mutual. Them? Fine. <laughs> You've got me against the wall. He's got a, he's got a yeah. checklist. <laughs> I'd be like, hey man, what did you think in that talk? It's good, isn't it? No, I wouldn't. I'd be like, hey, you look cool. Like, you know, what do you do? Where do you work? You're Wait, in, you're, do, you I, open with, do you open with the compliment of, hey, you look cool? Yeah, or I'd be like, hey man, you're on your own. I'm on my own. I'd, I'd be brazen with it. Cause yeah, okay. No I, think, I think something to say here as well is the first 10 to 20 seconds is going to be awkward and it feels awkward for anyone going into that. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of. I think the first 10 to 20 are the golden seconds. <laughs> After 20 seconds, yeah. Conair feels most awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if you don't connect in those 20 seconds, it's like, right, man, I'm, I'm going to go. 
You can't do that. You yeah, you're like, right. Well, you fucking suck. I'm off. <laughs> Most definitely. I'm more talking about like like building. Well, for me anyway, like building up the the courage to Absolutely, go over yeah. and actually say something. Like that's always going to feel unnatural and that's always going to feel awkward. It's about yeah. just doing it anyway. Like yes, in the first twenty seconds, you want to you want to have some connection. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be like, oh, I've got to go and talk to this other person I don't know. Um, I think but, it's the same like school of thinking as like if imagine it's your first year at university or imagine you're meeting a new client for the first time. And you've got that 10 minutes of kind of, of that chit chat before you kind of actually get down to business. You, you just, just ask, the, ask the same basic formulated questions. Everyone knows the questions is, hey, where do you work? What did you study at university? How long have you been at X? You know, those kind of really basic questions that relate to the event, relate to the person. If you can get them talking, you're laughing because people love to talk about themselves. You can just direct that to them. Do you have any rogue outlier questions like outside of that that you throw down? Sometimes I talk about shoes, if they've got cool shoes. I'm like, hey, man, cool shoes. Yeah, yeah. What do you look like, like cool shoes? You look like trash. So, you know, you, you're just wearing all black, man. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> they don't know that yeah, you're yeah. wearing all black. <laughs> <laughs> that joke falls completely flat. Oh, you, mean the, you mean the audience? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant the guy talking to me. Yeah, he's blind. He's just dead blind. <laughs> don't worry. We'll, we'll send attachments. It'll be yeah, it's a really dark room. <laughs> no, I think that actually, yeah, no, if you go as a two team, you're laughing because you can. It's so much easier just to start talking to uh, to other people. Yeah, and looking for the same things you are. If it's just you on your own at an event and you there's one other bloke on his own, it's so much harder because you could look at him. Maybe we make that judgment. We shouldn't do, but we could make that judgment. It's just like this guy's on his own. He's a fucking nutter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're both making the same judgment <laughs> yeah, exactly. about each other. And you're like, I'm not going to talk to you. So if there's two of you, if you can, I, I've convinced one of my friends to go to a designing meetup before, and he's gone to other ones without me since then. Oh wow! Because he, he's not even a designer. It's just something that he really enjoys, you know, learning about. Okay, that... <laughs> he is the nutter. He's not even a he's gone without me and he's, he's here to have two beers and he's celebrating <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> but no like Ben when yes. you go to these things do you ever have jumping past the whole opening line thing and getting this thing going do you have goals of like what you want to take away or do you just go in always seeing like I'm just going to let whatever happens happen no, actually, like I do, I do have goals, like very, very loose goals, and they're normally very small goals. And what they'll be is talk to at least one person. And I know that sounds stupid, but it won't be like a talk to seven people, get like three business cards. It'll be talk to one person. And I think the reason for that is because once you get on a roll, it's it's a lot easier, right? If if my goal was to talk to one person, I go in there, I'm like, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to reach my goal, and I talk to one person. Then after that, I'm like, oh. One, I'm confident I've hit my goal. <laughs> Two, like I'm, I'm on a roll. I'm already talking to a person. Once you start speaking to somebody, then other people are kind of more attracted to talk to you, as you guys were saying. If it's one person standing alone, you might think they're a bit, bit of a weirdo. But once you start talking, you kind of, you, you do, you kind of develop that, like, yeah, that inner confidence, that I guess. Yeah, exactly that flow. Um, so yeah, I do, I do set goals. Um, I have before set goals on, so a bit of a different situation. But speaking to a specific person. Um, so if there's somebody that like a speaker or something at an event that I'm really like, oh, I want to introduce myself to that person, um, then that's that's also another one. But I guess it, uh, your goal is a, is a bit different there. Yeah, okay, that's so interesting. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's what your motivation is for the event as well, isn't it? Because you guys obviously go to a lot of like networking events because of the nature of the company. The ones I'll go to is, is more a case of I might learn something, I might not, but I'll get a free beer out of it. Yeah, and maybe a slice of pizza. So oh, I think yes. It's, 
it's your motive going in. Like for me, I've never gone in and thought I need to give out 50 business cards. I need to speak to this person or I need to speak to, you know, eight people before I'll be happy. So I think for me, it's a lot, it, in that, in that kind of event, it's a lot easier just to be like, well, if I make an ass of myself, it really doesn't matter because I'm not representing anyone. Yeah. You know, I can afford to have a bit more fun than these. To be fair, I think I've I think I've erred on the on the side of like the Conair school of thought there. Like I think I think <laughs> I need to be more like Ben and have like a goal of like speak to people and yeah. like get like valuable like output from this. But man, I think honestly, I'm just going there for the beer and the pizza. It man. doesn't matter, does it? It's you're gonna die one day anyway. Like have fun at least. Yeah. yeah, but I don't want to drink beer and eat pizza by myself in a corner. So yeah. I guess that's why. No, that's the best time to do it. If you're in a corner, just hide away. <laughs> I think having a bit more of a cavalier attitude and just being like, well, because I can happily talk to anyone, but I, I would still consider myself more an introvert. I, I still need that time away to refresh and to think and to, I, I can't be around people for too long. And that is very true at events. That comes out at events more than anything. But I think just having a bit of a cavalier attitude and being like, well, no one here knows me. It really doesn't matter at this point. I can make an ask myself and come away and have a good time. I might make a friend out of it. I might make a potential colleague out of it or something. Yeah. You know, just not caring. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, like, what you touched on, like, I'm also, I classify myself as a bit of an introvert, like, naturally. But I think that's why I make the goal. Right, yeah. I make the no, goal exactly. because I know I nearly like I I won't approach somebody. I need to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, otherwise, otherwise it just won't happen. Um, but that, I guess that's just a different way of approaching the same problem. <laughs> yeah, I suppose again, it comes down to the motivation of the event. Yeah, it? Like, if you're going there to specifically network, you, yeah, it makes sense to have that goal. I'm just going for the beer and pizza. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if I learn something, that's a bonus. Yeah, that's a little plus. And so, like, what? So you've like through I don't know if it was at an event or just through like coincidence before, but you like you've got like a, a job out of networking. So that's like kind of like one of the ultimate goals, right? Of like that's that's like a benefit you've landed, like meeting Dash and, and getting that job or whatever. I think every job I've had as an adult has been through some form of networking. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of like I guess one of the ultimate goals of like professional networking is, which makes no sense because I'm awful after one bit. I'm the <laughs> worst person in the world. <laughs> But then, like, I guess... As, as we currently like, I, I, I knock shit over. I was like, draw willies on the wall. I'm the worst person. I regret starting this yeah. off with one beer. I'm, I'm, I'm you're getting close to my way through the beer. So I'm going to go downhill in about five minutes. Oh, man. But, yeah, Ben, like, you, for instance, what what's sort of, like, the best outcome you've had from one of these events? Yeah, sure. So mentors so through speaking to people Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of a major thing that you can get from this event so these events so finding somebody that does what you do that you do really get on with that you can you can learn from that um you can kind of go to on a regular or semi-regular basis and come to them with problems and and i used to personally be very not not against the mentor idea but i just didn't really see the point i was like oh i've got this shit sorted i (laughs) you know i can learn by myself i like i don't have a need for for a mentor but then I really uh yeah I I kind of after I kind of forced myself well actually um our boss kind of uh, like introduced me to somebody and and told me to kind of go and speak to them and I guess after that initial push I really kind of did see the benefit of it and since then I've maybe gone the other way and tried to get too many mentors and it's kind of uh, over the top but at the same time I think that's a really valuable way to learn especially when you are in a startup and it is your you're one of you know maybe 10 people and you don't have that many people to learn from and you can get stuck in this like silo where you're you know you're feeding off each other in the company but you're not getting like outside input and i think mentors can be a really good way of um yeah dispelling that so 
Yeah. That's something that you were going to touch on, wasn't it? Yeah, it's actually no. I'm, I'm glad, really glad yeah. that came up. Um, <laughs> Good little segue. It's <laughs> like, yeah, one thing I did, I did want to mention is that, yeah, like for for me and Ben, for sure, as Ben sort of touched on, yeah, there's a massive, I guess, like self development, self teaching kind of aspect to what we do because we don't have anyone in the organization more senior than us in the same role. So you know, we don't have you know extensive formal backgrounds in the areas that we work in. So just for, for those listening, like you know, Ben spent a product manager. Um, I'm a marketing executive um, at Chaser, and so yeah, we have we have no one more senior than us in either of those like roles specifically. Um, so we've both had a lot of, I guess, yeah, like self teaching. From your experience, like like what's it like at SBL? What do you do in terms of like channels to you know develop yourself? That's, yeah, well, that is quite similar, but um, I'm fortunate that I've got a VP of product above me and a project or products manager that's, in terms of hierarchy, sits above me, but I've also got them to learn from. So they kind of, they cross over enough that I can learn a good amount of what I need to be doing in my job to become, you know, senior one day. But I think a lot of it is, there's still a lot of like self-taught stuff and there's still a lot of stuff that you learn on the job. And it's like, I was doing stuff the other day for my job that was specific to that client that actually is something that we thought we maybe should employ for other clients in the future but until that point we hadn't really thought about it because we'd been doing something out the way that we had developed internally between three people and it's it's although they're above me and they obviously have the seniority it's still an echo chamber and ultimately you will talk about these things together but unless you're motivating yourself and the team to learn more you know where you're gonna go we did this really good course um we did a an acumen ido course for human centered design a while ago and that was something that um, the VP Bees he took all of us out for like an afternoon every every week to just go through the course material and do like a little workshop, and that was really useful. I think it's, if you can find the time at a startup, and I know the time is super valuable at a startup, but if you can find the time to do it, absolutely having that self motivation thing to actually learn something new is so valuable because that will it will advance your career as well as the company. Because if the startup fails, for example, or if you eventually decide, okay, I'm like 28 now, I'm just, I'm making shit, I need to move on, or whatever, for whatever reason you decide to leave. If you don't learn while you're there, you're just plateauing and you're coming out of the company 10 years later as effectively a junior. Yeah, no. So there's no, there's no progression in your job unless you self-motivate to actually go out and do it. And that's something that I'm learning the hard way, to be honest. <laughs> to, to be completely honest, that's something that I'm learning the hard way because I've come in as someone who was like junior breaking into middleweight and I feel like I'm, I'm someone that's not like a confident middleweight but that's through pure pure immersion but at this point I can't really graduate to senior unless I actually put in the hours and learn myself because that, that first step is effectively I'm probably going to get shot down for this but that first step is effectively it's more about the experience you have for those first couple of years and the time you put in but making the leap from middleweight to senior is more about your actual experience and your knowledge and your understanding of how projects work and that is something that unless you motivate yourself to do a startup you won't necessarily be able to make that leap <laughs> no thanks for coming along man I appreciate you being on the podcast um, thanks this has been me. a really fun episode cheers see you next week for episode 2 well not me I, I, I won't be here that's for them that's for them yeah Sweet. Yeah, we'll see them next week I mean you won't see I won't I'll, 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 I'll never see them I'll, 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 I'll actually never see them, them. <laughs> they'll be listening next week I'll be listening to you yeah. like right. one of them yeah. stop and, it before it dies and by they I mean probably my mum who's the only one that will listen to this 